Hi folks, my name is Eric Barnett and I'm a singer-songwriter based out of Charleston, South Carolina and you're listening to Songs of the Unsung. Songs of the Unsung is a podcast where I talk to fellow singer-songwriters about their influences, their songwriting, and all things music. This week on the podcast, I have Robert Lighthouse, a Swedish-born and Washington, D.C.-based musician, guitarist, harmonica player. He plays blues, folk, roots, all things Americana. Robert was part of the last singer-songwriter showcase that we held at Freehouse, where he shared the stage with Fleming Moore and Danielle Howe. There's going to be videos from that showcase coming up soon on YouTube. It is going to be the last showcase we have for a little bit. I'm uh, concentrating more on the podcasting end of things, and it's all getting to be too much for a one-man operation. That being said, uh, I'm looking to do a lot more podcasts, hopefully release them weekly so we can talk to more singer-songwriters here. And uh, for the time being, go to songsoftheunsung.com for all those podcasts. And if you are a singer-songwriter, feel free to reach out to us. Without any further ado, let's get to our conversation with Robert Lighthouse. Thanks for coming out today, man. Thank you for having me. Very good. Yeah, I, I uh, got to meet you through Fleming on one of the trips you, come, you came through town. You usually come through Charleston about once a year. About or, three times, really. Yeah. Three yeah. times a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, if people want good information about you, one really good place to look for your bio is your website, robertlighthouse.com. And also, Fleming's brother Wesley wrote a really good kind of blog post about you on his blog, You Do Hoodoo, which is WLM3.com. Right. And that's, a, it, that's very interesting. So I, I always try to research people so you're not getting the same five questions that you always get asked everywhere you go. Right. Um, and I keep saying Robert Lighthouse, but Robert Lighthouse is a stage name. Yes. Uh, for Ivan Polenik? Pel- yes. My, Pel- Rob, Robert is my name. Yeah. So Ivan, I, I never, you know, it's just, it's like a middle name. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very, cool. Robert, so, Very cool. Very cool. Polenik uh, used to be Polikucha, which means burn down the house. Yeah. So... Lighthouse. Some way back, I got the lighthouse. Awesome. Awesome. Plus, uh, no one could ever pronounce my name. And <laughs> even, you know. So yeah. Was, so, originally from Sweden? Origi- originally from Sweden, yeah. Uh, born what, what city in Sweden? Gothenburg. Okay, I'm going to look that up. Yeah. It's, it, I always feel like nobody knows more about America than <laughs> right. people from, from, over there. from over there. Yeah, yeah. And Americans don't know anything about anywhere. Yeah. So I, I did a little research on I I did a little research on Sweden. Uh, twenty two times smaller than America. <laughs> uh, America has thirty three times more people. So, but to give it, yeah, but it's uh, is it almost as big as California? Maybe yeah, but, yeah, almost right. Yeah, yeah, but, but Actually, a lot less people. Slightly larger than California. Slightly larger. Yep. So I, I think I, yep. yeah. Yep, that's the to get to get an idea of yeah you know. yeah I think what a lot of a lot of Americans don't realize about 
because they only know about America is they don't realize like once you go over to Europe, just you could be a day's drive from three countries. Ex totally. Yeah. And especially down in, re in the re real Europe because yeah, Spain real European, and Germany and yeah. they don't even consider Sweden right, you know, yeah. really Europe. <laughs> Right, it's you like got, that those northern <laughs> outposts. Which, yeah, you guys get thrown in with uh, Norway and Finland, and it's all kind of said together as one sentence. Yeah. But yeah, but down there, yeah, if you like, you know, you're Amsterdam and Paris, you're there yeah. in like a hour, a couple of hours. Or, yeah, hop you know, on hour, a train. Hop on a train. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. I, I read somewhere that you were singing Beatles songs at age three. I was. Yeah. Yeah. The first music I remember listening to was the Beatles. Uh, wow. Uh, and then 14 years old, you heard, uh, somebody played you Muddy Waters. Yes. Now, was that on a, was that on a record? Was that on a 33? That's what, uh, or, or if you didn't have records, we had little tapes. Yeah. That you made tapes. off cassette tapes. Oh, that you made, made you know, the, the mix Absolutely. off the records. Yeah. Or if you were lucky, getting something on the radio, maybe, but. At that time, what, what music was popular in Sweden at that time? At that time, music. Well, we had a, there was a um, progressive, it was called Prague, yeah. Prague music. Oh, yeah. So there was a lot of great bands, actually. Oh, yeah. In Sweden, too. And, uh, you know, it was a whole movement in Europe. Yeah. Uh, so you had that, and they were sort of anti-establishment. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So they hated ABBA and that stuff. Yeah, was yeah. not. <laughs> they were like, oh, no. Right, right. So these were, and often... Uh, you know, tunes that were was about something. It was not. It was against making money. Like right. And, and right. It was a, but there was great bands coming out of that that, that thing. You know? Awesome. But it was also like everybody could join in and play some bongos yeah. and flutes. It was you know yeah end of the hippie end of the hippie era sort of. Okay. Thing. Yeah. I, so I. Started going out seeing a lot of bands when I was like thirteen. Really? Even, yeah. To, and we were lived in a small town. Yeah. But there were, I guess, there were, you know, uh, uh, circuits with these bands. So I got to see some good bands. That's awesome. At what point did you pick up guitar? Well, I had picked it up around that time, and uh, my mom bought me like a nylon and then in school <laughs> you could get free guitar lessons it wow. was like you know so once a week we had this german teacher and she hated chords even so we had to <laughs> just play like harmony things, oh you know, wow me and another girl so, so actual class sort of class sort of play. like yeah to, to go to, in that direction yeah which was not very fun <laughs> right at right. all and if i had just later on i was like Wait a minute! I, if I had to turn the book on the last page, that was all the charts for chords. But I never yeah. even bothered, bothered to turn that book around. I guess <laughs> we did still mostly sport, uh, you know, sports and other, sure. other things. But uh, yeah. so not until I met that friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Name is Ola. Very uh, Ola. Mm -hmm. O O L A. Um, he had. Some Muddy Waters albums and uh, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, and they also yeah. had a electric guitar. Okay, and I was like, oh, you know, because back then I was at least where I 
And we didn't hang out yet in music stores. Like later on, we just hung out in music stores. Okay, yeah. But, uh, so just trying to electric, I was just like, oh. And then I, <laughs> the first time you can plug in into an amplifier yeah. and just make a big noise, it's, it's a feeling. It was, it was, and especially, you know, when you're, you're starting to hear, you hear muddy waters and you hear that raw, just kind of rootsy that, power. And then Hendrix? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what, you know, so to go back to what, what we listened to, you know, like yeah. Deep, Deep Purple. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nazareth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. American band. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sweet, remember from yeah. Wayne's World with Sweet uh-huh. was big. And yeah. Sweet, ball, Ballroom Blitz and the Yeah. So when I saw that show, it's like, because he was from, Can- I guess, from Canada. Okay, yeah. What's his name? Mike Myers. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the stuff w- weren't as big in the States. So anyway, so yeah, that, yeah Sweet and that stuff. But, you know... There was no way I could really figure out, or Deep Purple and those yeah, bands too, yeah. of course, uh, to figure out how to, on that little nylon, yeah. like how, so I've been doing some guitar teaching on, on you know, the kids and mm-hmm. what I, th- or kids and adults too, but uh, it's better to, you know, what do you want to, you know, what are you listening to, what are you, yeah. because, so they could relate it to stuff yeah. they like instead of presenting them some pretty boring melody, even if it, right. you know what I'm saying? So I think when I started out, I think I only had like, I got really interested in playing guitar and my mother tried to send me to guitar lessons yeah. and they wanted to just show me like scales. And when yeah. I was a kid, yeah. I wanted to play what I heard. Yeah. I didn't care. So about a couple sc- of chords yeah. would have been much better. Yeah. At this ha- point, I wish I would have learned all that yeah. stuff, but when you're starting out and you just, you want to hear, you want to play what you're hearing. Yeah. And, you know, that we kind of talked the other day how kids these days, they can go on YouTube and have oh, somebody yeah. show them how to play. Just tons yeah. of but yeah, stuff out there. Something about, you know, listening to the radio and the first couple times you actually figure out how to play a riff or something. That's, it's such a cool feeling. Exactly. So when he played Muddy Waters and yeah. that was like the old, uh, uh, Alan Lomax, uh, oh, yeah, field recordings, mm-hmm. and then you just hear the single string blues thing, yeah, and it just blew my mind. And I just went home that day because now I can really hear, like, okay, this. So I went home on my little nylon there, uh-huh. just trying to figure out those notes, yeah, and from there I was, you know, sort of hooked and to figure that out, and uh. Then we just listened to the blues and then Hendrix and, uh, you know. Yeah. So from that, then on, I, both of us, we were like, this is what we're going to do. Like, so he was, he was a guitar player yeah, too? Yeah, he was a guitar player too. It's, we always, same age. it's so great having somebody where you two are learning together. Yeah, yeah. Because you kind of keep each other, you're having fun. Yeah. And he'll learn a couple things and you'll yeah. learn, and you'll kind of compare off. notes. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So later on when I was in ninth grade, I was like 14. Now, in Sweden, we go nine years. So you mm-hmm. don't have, we don't call it junior high, but it's, I guess it's equivalent of jun- junior high or something. Yep. And I <clears throat> just kind of skipped school. <laughs> I didn't go, because I went into it. And uh, so they let me, because I had done two 
all the kids, they get to do, um, not what it's called here, but you get to try out some a job somewhere. Okay, yeah. Yeah, know, they call a couple it like of weeks. job shadowing. Job shadowing, yeah. yeah. So, we, yeah. so I was lucky to, uh, to do mine at a music store because that's why. Awesome, I, yeah. So after a while, when they saw he's not going to school, but when I went to that job thing, yeah. at the music, music uh, a guitar shop. Yeah. Guitar shop was, it was. Uh, I mean, a guitar store. Yeah. I was there, you know, every... Oh, yeah. I was, and I was oh, yeah. very good. That was and, it for uh, you. And they yeah. lo loved me there. Yeah. So they just let me be there for the rest of that, that year. Awesome. So I pr pretty much worked there instead. So I had all these people come in, trying guitars, and I was like learning riffs yeah. just sitting there checking out this oh yeah older dudes coming in and playing yeah, plus just, i could sit there myself too and sure do. just seeing other people you learn something from everybody oh man yeah so when i've yeah when i've learned my first you know like a sort of rock box you know that little yeah typical thing oh yeah and then we have other old friends that, that you know that we hung out and you guys just sit around and jam and we would jam it was yeah. all like it was all about the guitar really. yeah yeah guitar How, and girls yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> well one one's to get the other i mean the guitar is a tool to get girls <laughs> How, how'd your parents feel about it day at that point you know my mom uh my my i my dad well told me because i guess that that was at a point where you were going to choose a career in life yeah and I was so not in, we were sort of very outsiders anyways. Yeah. Of, uh, so I was like, I'm going to be a musician. Yeah. And my dad, he's from Yugoslavia. Okay. Croatia, hence, yeah. hence the name, Ivan Palenic. So um, he was like, Robert, that's <laughs> terrible. Musician, you stay up late, <laughs> drinking and smoking, blah, 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 you know, so, and yeah, that, that doesn't sound like he's talking you out of anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're going to be around a lot of drinking and fast women. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, now that I see, I see his point now because. Yeah. It's very, you know, yeah. Also, it's, uh, anyways, but when you're that age. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and a lot of, <clears throat> on the other hand, a lot of kids don't know at all what they want to do. So at least yeah. we. You know, I knew what I wanted to do. I've always thought it's it's very hard to ask a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid what it is they want to do for the rest of their oh. life when they're still being a kid and they want to have fun. They shouldn't, and, they shouldn't really yeah. have to totally pick. It could, right. I mean, try this out and see what, you sure. know, after a while you might, you know. Absolutely. Shouldn't stress them out, I don't think. Right, yeah. My is. son is there, right? He's 18 right now. Yeah. And, uh, but he wants, he, he plays guitar and he's going to go awesome. to music school and, you know. Awesome. That's well, cool. he's he's got a dad that, you know, it's it's always nice to have the family business, you know. He used to say, I'm not going to be a poor blues musician like you, Dad. <laughs> so, but now he's, anyway, so we'll see. Yeah. Very cool. But, uh, At what point did you start writing songs? That, so for the longest time, too, yeah. when we uh, played guitar, my dad was like, one time we were, at my relatives down in Yugoslavia, and I was like, oh, but play them something, you know. Mm -hmm. Since you're, I was devoting myself to the guitars, like, yeah. let me see here. What? But we were like, dude, you know, like learning 
riffs and solos, pieces of... Yeah. I didn't even, for the longest time, I know I'm still 16. Right. I mean, knew part of songs. I was very shy about singing at all back yeah. then. Because, yeah. you know. And, yeah, but uh, to get put on the spot and asked like... Yeah, yeah. and I, <laughs> I, it wasn't like, I, oh, I'm going to play this song and sing it because that's... Yeah. So we, I mean, I prefer like getting a vibrato and, you know, lead, lead yeah. playing. That was like Hendrix and we listened sure. to that stuff. So it's oh, yeah. kind of hard to, but so later on we, I, I went to music school for one year. Okay. There I met, uh, we became good friends. His name was Pua and his dad was already like known guitar player, like in 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 Sweden, but anyway, so he showed me. So we started. He showed me that got me uh, that Django Reinhardt. Oh, and he was very. He knew very. Uh, you know, oh, like, yeah. like um, that kind so of gypsy he turned jazz. Me on, yeah, yeah. So we did that. So I was like, first I thought it sounded super corny. Yeah. <laughs> so I was eighteen and still, you know, Hendrix and that stuff. But, yeah. Uh, uh, then I started realizing this is. Super cool. So we started. So then we started learning actual tunes. That we played in some little clubs or trying to get you know little gigs here and yeah. there. And then we played in the streets in the summer. Like went to like vacation places and, and played out in the streets. And uh, were either of you singing yet at this point? So those were no. So okay, those just were, playing were, instrumental. Instrumental. Music. Yep. But then I think after, then I started to learning tunes and I started singing. Okay. And I did actually on the streets. Yeah. Because I was so, because uh, it's a good place to, so I was also traveling through Europe mm -hmm. and, and, and doing that on the street yeah. down there. And just picking tunes I liked, you know. Yeah. I did like maybe a Prince song because I was at the time with Prince yeah. and yeah. Purple Rain, probably some some uh, Lou Reed and, and a couple of blue songs. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. So just, Building up a little repertoire then. Well, as a street performer too, you learn what makes money and you learn how to perform and yes. you learn because you only get people for yeah, such a for short, a little, for a little yeah. short second. So yeah, I was you there. You can hook them while they're walking by. Totally. Yeah. So then in DC, when I really started doing, yeah. I really, you know, then I did blues almost exclusively just playing blues. So I 18 a, years old, is that when you came? I came here 18 first time, then I came here uh, when I was 23. Okay. And I got married and yeah. we live in D.C. And I, I, uh, I had a job but I, at an antique store because I knew how to refinish antiques. But uh -huh. then I got laid off for, uh, there. So then I just started playing in the street. And awesome. our, our rent was... Paid two seventy for a little efficiency yeah. right there, right uh -huh. in, in a good, you know, kind of center of, or, or in a good neighborhood. Yeah, around Dupont Circle, in DC, and uh, yeah. uh, uh, so I would go to the metro every day. And uh, so that was a way of also learning and practice. You know, yeah. you sit out there every day, yeah. and then you learn what works. Like you said, like yeah, because you can play some intricate, complicated <laughs> thing. Sometimes I try, but. People, you know, if it had to do, 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 oh, yeah, you got to hook them. A, a yeah. Shuffle, and uh -huh. a little, that thing. So I had a couple of amps and, you know, played a harmonica. And did it, did it. I saw at one point, I saw a picture where you had like a bass drum. Yeah, with a bass drum. Yeah. That was me. Right there. That, that was the spot I was playing. 
Awesome. Kind of one man band. It, one man band. When did you start traveling around and going to like Chicago and New Orleans? I had done that, or I was in Chicago before before then. Okay. And then I went down to, we went down to New Orleans and played a little bit down there, you know, on the street too. Yeah. Also, we went down, me and a friend, bass player, uh, we saw, that was the last summer where Steve Ray Vaughan, so I saw Steve Ray Vaughan oh. the summer, oh, that was in the spring, it's, it's like end of April, I think, okay. at the Jazz Fest. Yeah. So Steve Ray Vaughan was there, I saw him oh, playing, man. and then that fall, he, he, I think he had a plane crash. Yeah. So. One thing that's really cool about going to Chicago or going to New Orleans and blues music, there's not a lot of styles of music that originated in America. And blues music is tied in with American history, especially in through all those regions. And every region had a sort of specific style of blues music. Of course, and the yeah. Mississippi Delta and Chicago's a different totally, thing. And, totally. and Piedmont up there. Yeah. From closer to DC, there was a lot of Piedmont players. Right. Actually, what was his name? Uh, he had a barbershop. I mean, he was, I played on the same stage with him. Uh, what was his name? Uh, I mean, it's like some old timers still around when I yeah. was, when I, when I was, uh, uh, I think one, it was John Jackson, he was, uh, but uh, what was his name now? Uh, I'll think of it later. But he was, he had a barbershop, so they were also, but he was around in the, yeah. in the forties, whatever, doing the Piedmont oh, thing, cool. you know, still, yeah. I have a, a good friend who's a blues musician named John Ford. John and Ford. Yeah, he plays he plays up and down and all around through those areas, Mississippi and oh. and he's you get to meet a lot of the people who either were around playing or at least got to see some of these really historic musicians playing in the and he was telling me some of the stories that he heard people say about about Robert Johnson, about where people played and it's just it's a really cool thing that it's so tied in with the specific regions because even north mississippi they have certain you know arl yeah. Ar Ar burnside and that yeah you know yeah but so what i didn't quite get you saying that the music didn't originate in in america what, what it did it did yeah, yeah it did yeah totally right it but did. there's a lot of music that didn't i mean like, like what um i i really think the the styles of music they consider to be inherently american mm -hmm. are blues jazz and sort of country and western sure those are the kind of and the bluegrass yeah, and bluegrass blue yeah grass. kind of an extension of the country and western but yeah, yeah. yeah and they're all so regionally tied in to who lived there in the history of the of region yeah, and, yeah. and people that become interested in those styles of music to the point where they really start going back and and reading the history it's it. I'm. I was just saying. It's very tied in with American history and oh, the yeah. regions and oh. the music and and. I just listened to. I found on on uh, YouTube the other day. They're called uh, uh, um, the Georgia Sea Island Singers. Uh huh. So they would do spirituals. Uh -huh. I mean, or, or gospel as gospel, mm -hmm. but from the you know they were out on the sea island, so it's sort of gala. Oh yeah. And, 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 and so their kind of regional yeah version and, 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 and george so cool. uh what was her name uh, uh 
she sort of was a front f figure of the, or became uh -huh. of the band. But she was up in uh, <clears throat> Newport Jazz Festival in 1967, uh -huh. where they had all, which is, if you want to hear American music, that, yeah. those shows are awesome. Cause oh, yeah. All, got all the, but I just could hear, you know, it's, these old songs that they learned from their grandfathers and they, yeah. you know, and, go, and going way back. And it was very, you could hear where the blues are right c coming from and, and the church music. Yeah. It's beautiful the way, and it's m many times just vocals and hand clap and some yeah. simple, you know, yeah. that often not even a, I think one time a banjo was in there but, or, or a guitar a little. Sure. But mostly vocals and, and, and harmonizing and, and, and and the way just a banjo started out as kind of an African instrument totally brought African. here yeah. and then it kind of evolved into what it is today. But, yeah. but yeah, I, I just love how, especially in blues music, mm -hmm. how tied in it is. Oh, with, very tied in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The hills up in there, I mean, Appalachia. Yeah. They had train, the people working on the train tracks were African Americans. Yeah. And they played a little... A banjo there and, uh -huh. and fiddle in a style that actually, you know, uh, I guess uh, was picked up and became bluegrass. So yeah. I didn't know how oh, big yeah. influence, you know, black music had to bluegrasses. Yeah. Like really, yeah, really. It's, uh, it's all so tied which in. Which is awesome. This country, yeah. you know. It's, it's have, terrible have that. <laughs> it's terrible what. <laughs> it's terrible what happened that made it happen oh yeah but, oh yeah that's a, hard, but, a whole other but yeah 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 oh, of course music owes so much to traditional music that came here from africa that's come here from everywhere and the and melded together and melded has together. has yeah. evolved and and anybody who loves music owes themselves to look into the history of it and trace it back that's what i'm telling my son now because yeah. you know like when you you can sort of jump in midways or, and whatever is popular, you yeah. know, like he likes, he yeah. used to like uh, Metallica or, or, you know, but later on it's going to, it's interesting when you realize everything comes from somewhere oh, yeah. and, and yeah. you trace it back. And, and My interest in the blues started two places. It started with falling in love with Jimi Hendrix. Right. And then really seeing all that he had done with the blues yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and how influenced he was by it. And then, you know, when I was 12 years old, Nirvana mm. did their Unplugged and yeah, they yeah. did a Lead Belly song. And I'm like, well, who's this Lead Belly guy? And then, oh, okay. Yeah, but it, it, all, it all traces back. Yeah. So at some point in DC, Charlie Sales found yeah. you. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, one thing I've loved about researching this podcast is I also. I'd never heard of Charlie Sales. I looked up Charlie Sales and I'd seen a couple of videos of him playing and uh, I didn't really know who Dr. Ross was. Looked up Dr. Ross and, and but at one point, Charlie Sales, a harmonica player, saw you playing. He said, let's yeah. go on tour. Exactly. And uh, went over to what, Belgium and Holland with Charlie? Yeah. yeah. They Basically, I was sitting there in my spot in DuPont yeah. Circle and they used to play also around. Yeah, but sometimes he'd be by on the street, you know, sure. just to practice or make yeah. a couple of dollars, and, and uh, so he would just come. He just came up with a bass player, Carrie. Yeah, and I was like, asked me pretty much, do, do I want to join the band? Yeah, and I said, sure. I joined the band, and we start 
you know, rehearsed with him, and they yeah. had just got a record deal with, uh, I think, JSP or some uh -huh. little British label. Yeah. So, and then we did a Belgian uh, tour uh, or Dutch Belgian awesome. little tour. So that was, yeah, very coming great. Coming from playing on the streets. Was yeah, that yeah like, just sort of that's and, that's and, like yeah. the dream, isn't yeah, it? it was fun. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Did that sort of springboard you into the first couple albums there? Ye of my On my own? Of your own, yeah. No, that took still a while. So but I started getting gig, like people, other club sure. owners would come up because I, I sort of became a... I had a reputation of, of you know, oh, yeah. me being there. Yeah. Sort of a Sure, it raised thing. your yeah. It raised your profile so, in DC. So yeah. club owners would come up and say, Do I want to play yeah. at their clubs? So but it still took for me to it's like I said, I didn't hadn't really written any on my own. I still sure. did Muddy Waters, you know, uh Robert Johnson. I started looking into some Dylan. Uh huh. So that's when I sort of started also knowing that Hendrix was really into Dylan. Oh, he was a huge lyrics. Dylan fan. Yeah. Huge Dylan fan. Yeah. And I was like, it's got to be something that yeah. Bob Dylan guy, if, if Jimmy likes him. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't, lyrics, I mean, I liked blues lyrics yeah. back then. But I wasn't, you know, I was still in my early 20s. So then when I started, this is the early Dylan. I was like, "Wow, that's you could do a lot of things just with words." Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, so I guess I, that's when I wrote. You know, I realized also you have to have your own. You know, your original tunes right. if you're gonna, yeah, kind of do something with us. Yeah. So at, at some point, um, a gentleman came along. I don't have his name right here, but he had a a, a little. Kind of a label that was right on rhythm, where he was yeah. going around and kind of recording people. Yeah, that's Wayne. He, yeah. I mean that because he. Um, then I became a fixture. I was yeah at this city blues place. I played yeah. all the time. Like I yeah. did solo and and band gigs there. Yeah. And I, you know, did well for that. You know, sure, sure. You you put food on the table. Yeah, that all of a sudden, you know, I yeah. uh, and I didn't pl play on the streets anymore. Right. But I could have also thought like, hey, maybe I should go to New York City or something. It's right yeah. up, you know, four hours up sure. the road. Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he, I mean, and that was me and a bunch of, uh, that was some great, um, you know, DC mu musicians yeah. playing there all the time. They had live music seven days. Uh, every night. Awesome, awesome. So he figured, like, so he did something that was very like uh, uh, many people didn't didn't do, do it. it. Yeah, yeah. And it he was... didn't really have. I mean, there was a place I remember had they have a stu they had a studio and they had yeah. like, like a truck like these guys, you know, so you sure. could go yeah. record people at at. Uh -huh. But that's more bigger production. So he sure. just pretty much just went to, you know, uh, uh, what's it called that that's gone out of the. The store where you bought microphones. Oh, like Radio Shack. Radio Shack. Radio Shack, yeah. There's no, there's no more. No, 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 no. not anymore, no. <laughs> Basically went to Radio Shack. Yeah. Bought the cables and some yeah. microphones and who knows. Yeah. Because he had been involved in the record industry at some time, at some point. Selling records, I think. Sure. Way back. Sure. 
Remember the character Paul Schaefer yeah. in, in Spinal Tap? Yeah. He <laughs> okay. had been sort of like that yeah. guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, so he came up with his brilliant ideas like the blues you hate to lose, he called it. Okay, yeah. Because he wanted to record all his people that played at night after night after night, but yeah. no one would ever record them. So that was yeah. awesome that it did. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. very. And, uh, um, but other people gave him, you know, that was in the business, they gave yeah. him a hard time. Unorthodox is what I was. Oh yeah, it was that's a like he would word do. For it. Yeah, it was doing something Absolutely. totally different. Yeah, setting up. Not really. He's not an engineer, but he did good enough. Well, if you look at what Al- Alan Lomax was doing, exactly. I mean, the the one really wonderful thing about roots music, whether it be blues, folk, Americana, bluegrass, it's it doesn't it have to have be been. high production. It wouldn't have been there if it hadn't been. I think Lomax is the one yeah. that recorded those, the 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 Georgia Sea Island yeah. singers as okay. well. Yeah, he said, so he did tons of that stuff. Yeah, and that stuff doesn't have to be high production. It's it's not like radio pop music. Like, no, dude, like, no, exactly. It's you can hear a live recording. Some of the best sessions ever are done. I think R.L. Burnside, that was just, you could tell he's on his porch oh, yeah. or in his kitchen. Yeah. And his wife is out there singing along a little bit. Uh-huh. I mean, those are the absolute best uh, sessions ever. There's a Lightning Hopkins record that it's it's a fella in just like a hotel room. Right. Who had one microphone. Right, right. And that's one of my, that's one of my favorite blues records, exactly, that Lightning Hopkins. You catch album. that moment, you know, you're not so worried about a perfect... It's Audio, it's a feel, but the feeling you yeah. can feel. It's a feel and a vibe, and and you don't need anything more to get that across. No, and I mean, so you got to know how to set the levels. And oh not, yeah, you know, yeah, to, yeah. It, there's so a little he, that goes to it, yeah. and but he had the he had the foresight and the and to to just say I'm going to go into these places and record people and L- low maximum. Uh, no, the, the oh this this person your fellow you were talking about. Oh yeah, from, yeah, yeah, right yeah, on yeah, rhythm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wayne Wayne Conn. Wayne, yeah, Wayne, totally. So he, yeah, he very much so. So he did, I think, a couple of compilation things. Yeah, yeah. And then he had enough of me to do a album. So that was my first sort of album. There. Yeah, your first one, Drive, Drive Through Love. Drive Through yeah. Love. Yeah, I was listening to it, and then I was like, mm, I like this. And then I, I heard applause, and I was like, oh, this must be live. You know, and I kind of... <laughs> yeah, you can't really tell it's live. Right. Until they, until they clap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... uh you know, it, it's just like when you don't you don't have a physical copy of a record anymore when with things streaming. So a lot of the time you just get the cover and the song title. So I'm listening to it and and like was it the first like eight songs or just you solo? And then after that's with a band. With and a band, I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. okay, this probably isn't the same day. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then but yeah, then I read about it and saw that he had, and that's it's so cool. I Very mean. Cool. And that's all that was needed to yeah. make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I really enjoyed about that record, Drive Through Love, is a, uh, well, my favorite song off the record is She's the One I Love. Mm. That's one I really liked. Okay. And then I saw, just looking at the song titles, I saw Voodoo Child. Right, right. And I was like, awesome. And then I wondered, mm-hmm. I said, it says Voodoo Child, mm-hmm. and it doesn't say Voodoo Child Slight Return, which is the one everybody plays. Right. And you start, you played voodoo child right right night i was born yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so <laughs> i was like yeah as a hendrix fan yeah, yeah. you don't hear people play right, that right, one right so yeah that was on awesome. a, acoustic like, yeah, yeah yeah and then and then i've i've seen you play maybe three or four times and i've never really seen you cut loose on a 
on an electric guitar. Right, right. You know, I know you can cut loose on a dobro and a and a acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah. Man, those are some blazing tracks with the band too. And yeah. uh, so followed that up with "Deep Down in the Mud." Kind that, of a decade later, almost. Yeah, it took a while. Yeah. So I don't can't remember because then. Uh, so basically, same thing, but a different club. I think by that time, that City Blues was gone already. Yeah. So I played at a place called Chief Ike's Mamba Room in DC. Like, okay. You know, I had like, you know, every yeah. Tuesday, Monday or something like. Yeah. So he started to record there. Well, in the meantime, in between those. Or some did, other zoo bar, some other local bars in, in, okay. in, in, in DC, local music yeah. rooms, you know. Well, in between that first and second record, you were starting to play more places and kind yeah, of yeah. get around a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And that first record, uh, it's, people like it and... Sure, sure, sure. Got you around. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it got me down here, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know, uh, was it Shrimp City Slim? Yeah, Shrimp, yeah. Yeah, brought Gary, you down here. Gary Irwin, Ir so that's how, how yeah. I ended up coming down here because he first was the Camden, up in Camden, uh, yeah. blues, the, the, the down-home blues festival down there. Uh-huh. So he, because he liked Dr. Ross, and when he yeah. heard I was doing a Dr. Ross yeah. thing on the album, that's what got me... me uh, uh, on yeah, that, that on that festival. Yeah, that first record had like two Dr. Ross songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, and then so uh the second one, Deep Down in the Mud, again on the Right as Rhythm record label. Yeah. Um, sort sort of the same, even though it's a different place, sort of the same format. Eight totally, tunes totally. solo. Yeah. Uh well, four or five tunes with the band. Mm -hmm. You know, basically us playing uh, you know, these uh local music rooms. Uh -huh. And then him recording and whatever night he was there and then, you know, picking the, whatever came out. The best ones, the yeah. The best ones. So it was yeah. not like, oh, we're going to play this song so it could be on the album. Was right, you were just playing whatever, the gig. Whatever, yeah. doing our yeah. repertoire, I guess, you know. I think it would be easier that way than trying to say, this is it, this is the record, let's play. <laughs> I think for, I have, uh, my, who I played with a bunch there, up there was, uh, Kevin McKendry was a uh -huh. keyboard player. Yeah. Was known in the area. Was yeah. Playing, because he was like a child pro prodigy. That's so, I mean, so great. And uh, then later he moved down to Nashville, where it's still yeah. it's at. And I've been recording. I've recorded one album with him. Okay. Uh, and I'm recording with him now. Nice. But uh, uh, his friends down there, uh, uh, um, Kenneth Blevins is a great drummer who played for for, for um, John Hyatt. So Ooh. he was John Hyatt's, yeah. uh, him and um, fabulous slide player. That's also yeah. from, uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, they were John Hyatt's yes. band. Yes. You know, Sonny Landreth. Yes. Sonny Landreth. They were on tour, like they had a Sun Landreth band with Ken Kenneth Blevins yeah. on drums, and I don't know who, who played bass. But they toured, and then they recorded two nights at this great, you know, of course, you know, they're yeah, different level there. 
of course, but what I'm saying is you tour and you play every night with your band. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't, I mean, we, they, my dudes have day jobs and yeah. things. And they, yeah. Was not the same, but if you play every night and you're hot. Oh, and you, yeah. You, you pick a good room where you want to record. You record two nights. Yeah. And then you pick the best. Yeah, what, yeah. And then you get like oh, yeah. really, you know, like a oh, yeah. album from, you know, like sure. a one, like a show that you did, which, which yeah. I thought was a great way of do, doing it. It is. It it's is. Like yeah. You, you being a Hendrix fan, I mean, don't you agree that the live stuff is where it's sort of happened? I mean, I, if he had a good show. If he had well, a good show, of course. These no, days, some of them, they some are of them, starting to release stuff oh, that they should have just oh, left in the vaults. Oh, I yeah. saw him at Stockholm. It's I mean, <laughs> just tell him he's in a bad mood. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, anyways, that's how. That's yeah. What, what, but the, but the good shows are legendary. Exactly. And the, and that's, because they can take mm -hmm. songs, they're not shooting for that three minute window. Exactly. And they can take songs into a place. Exactly. You know? That's so. I, I absolutely into agree a place. That's exactly yeah. what I want. Where yeah. Because you have the bands that are always going to sound, yeah. even Steven, and yeah. always going to be, never, never going to sound yeah. bad, always going to sound good, but it's not, you know, taking way up there. In the well, and you know, too, sometimes you'll record a song, mm -hmm. and then you'll play it live a hundred times, yeah, and make it. And you'll go, oh, now it's the good version. Now yeah, it's because yeah, exactly. you get it, it's you get a, it tight, so, and so you, get it tight. You evolve exactly. it into a new thing, and, totally. but yeah, some of those shows. Just the energy from the crowd is just right. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Totally, um, totally. The, my favorite song off of that record, uh, Stuck Down in the Mud, the title track. It's about Katrina. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a great song. I, I've actually sent that to a couple of my friends. And oh, great, like, great. That is, it, it captures the rampant capitalism and, and <laughs> <laughs> it, it captures just, we've got our priorities wrong. Right, right, and and it's it's such a well written song, and oh, okay. and and what I and well performed, and what I enjoy. We talked about different versions of different of the same song, and that takes us to Democracy Boulevard. Yeah, uh, that's, that's Democracy Boulevard was recorded with Kevin. Okay, at, at yeah. his studio, and 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 uh, he lives in Franklin, yeah, right, right outside of uh, of uh, Nashville. Yeah, great album, great album, because it takes. It, it takes a couple tunes off of each of the ones before that were done live. Yeah. And you're cutting it now with, with a band with really good production. Good production. Um, and we try to keep it, because I'm as live as, you know, so we, yeah. if I laid some other guitar, maybe or I did maybe on some tunes, another vocal. But you've got all the rhythm section in but there. Most of the time it's the vocals and yeah. every, everything at the same Catching time. Catching the vibe of yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah. I'm not... Like I said, I, yeah. That's in this genre genre of music. I think, you know, you do the click, you play a blues <laughs> to a click yeah, track, and you add. Work. Yeah, it, it sounds clean and everything, but it's not. You organic. lose a little bit of the oh, vibe of it. Oh, yeah. totally. That's for me. Yeah. And that record actually, there's a there's so much rock in that record too. It's yeah. it took not that it stepped away from the blues. The blues it was still rooted. Sure. In the blues, but the the rock the uh, roots, the Americana, the folk. Uh, I love it, man. The, oh. My favorite, uh, aside from, I think "Stuck Down in the Mud" by, might be my favorite tune of yours. But and and on that record, I love it too. Um, title track, I really love the machine. I really loved. So that's a that is such a great sounding record. Oh, thank you, thank you. Last year, put out.
put out five, an EP. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was sort of also impromptu. That was some other friends in the, you know, uh, uh-huh. that I haven't seen, I hadn't talked to in a long time. And I okay. contacted him and he, uh, he has a studio up there in, in, in Virginia. And the, yeah. You know, it was the COVID times and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Um, so he just said, why well, don't you know, come up and lay some tracks yeah. down, which I did. And I don't even know if the, well, there was some new newer songs that yeah. I hadn't recorded yet. Exactly. Yeah, I'd heard, I'd actually heard three of them. We've, we right, went out I, shooting videos right, one right, day. Right. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. videos of like right, right. three of those. That, right. So and I then, uh, and that pretty much completely leaned into folk Americana. Yeah, roots. yeah. Yeah. So I have that side. Yeah. <clears throat> because people maybe think I just do blues. Yeah. So sometimes we play at a blues festival. It's like, oh man, I have this new song I wrote that I, I'm really into, but <laughs> I can't really. But it's not like, they all go hand in hand. I think so. I mean, if you Sometimes think about, do, do, yeah. if you think about it, yeah. they're, they're all related. Yeah. You know? Because I mean, at, at a blues festival, I mean, if you, you can only hear, uh, sh- you know, so many shuffles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's nice to hear. Because yeah. sure. there's a lot of sides to the blues. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I'd never, I'd heard the three songs that we'd played that, that you'd played that day, but I hadn't heard if I was president, I love that song. Oh, I'd vote okay. for you, man. <laughs> I would vote for you. <laughs> when it comes to your songwriting, um, do you try to sit down and say, I'm going to write songs now? Or is it something where something just kind of comes to you? Or I think I'm always thinking of writing songs. Yeah. So if I get a little idea, mm-hmm. whether I'm driving or I'm doing, so I forget how, so that song, if I was the president, was, you know, not about me wanting to be president per se. It was more like if you or yeah. you or a kid, yeah. like sort of a, taking it down to a sort of child-ish level. Yeah. Where, because, and people responded well to it because yeah. they were like, oh, yeah. And if I, they had ideas for what I would do if I was yeah, president, yeah. all the stuff. And I was, I, well, you're just asking people to care more. I was just, you know, saying, <laughs> you know, yeah. How, like, what, what yeah. kind of world, yeah, would we like to have? That, we, that was on a very, you yeah. know, whether it's possible to do it or not, we just, yeah. but let's just take it way mm-hmm. down to a level where you ask a five year old with yeah. or whatever, like that. And, kind of thing. and you know what? Some of those, some some of the things a five year old would say are right. Yeah, exactly. And and it it makes me sad that just saying we shouldn't have any more wars exactly is going to make some people mad, and that's ridiculous. I, and and the fact that you know why can't we aspire to be better and to have clean air and people not living in poverty? And, well, they all just, say that. I mean, well, I, I, I guess they want to do that too. Yeah. Sometimes, but well, everybody says it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that's a great one. Um, so, yeah, but on, on the note, also like you know, Fleming Moore, our friend. Yeah, saying how because I also tend to write pretty depressing, <laughs> or you know, they're not the jolliest. So I thought of this song. I mean, as, it's the blues. No. It's the blues, <laughs> but I'll, you know, sometimes I'm like, dang, or darn, I should. Have some happy 
oh yeah thing yeah or f- just fun you know because you there's gotta, some there's some great songs that are kind of a little tongue-in-cheek kind of just having a little bit of fun yeah actually if i was president kind of reminded me of like you listen to blaze foley at all was uh who was that not he, the movie blaze no it, it was about him oh so yeah. i didn't really i haven't yeah I should, I should listen to him he has one called i think it's called mr president oh where he kind of he he'll do the thing where he'll write the most beautiful song on one hand and right. then he'll write another song that it kind of makes you laugh but it, while it's making you laugh you start thinking he's teaching you a lesson yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's that's what i'm saying yeah that's what i i think you don't want to be up in people's uh, preachy or, or sure. be up in people's face like sure. you know, writing on their nose or whatever and, and and you know even if i have my political views i'm not if people have other views, I'm totally respecting them, and Absolutely. I'd like to yep. talk. And you know, every, so yeah, so it's yeah. better to sort of just put questions out there, and like you know, nobody make, will make, ever you know, respond to getting in their face. No, but keeping an open dialogue, like and an saying, open dialogue. Well, I, I think we can all agree yeah. and that have we a little humor in there. You know, it's humorous. <laughs> you know? It's always yeah. better. Absolutely, get, get a little humor. As far as songwriting is concerned, are there any songs? out there that you consider to be just the best written song it doesn't have to be one but if you think of are there any bob dylan songs are there any songs that you say wow the the way he made those words. totally yeah and especially i mean bob dylan be a perfect example yeah if you talk about l- l- as a lyricist or yeah. or because he does that in so many songs like i mean song to ramona would be one that uh-huh. i like where he sort of wraps wraps up almost everything, yeah. all the aspects of life. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, um, you know, but some of them are have 13 verses, so yeah. I play them out sometimes, but people, you know, yeah. it's hard to, I mean, what's it called? Uh, 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 Chimes of Freedom Flashing? Yes. <laughs> it's a like, lot of those songs, I, uh, there's a lot of songs I don't play just because I don't remember all of it. You know? I try to, I mean, you yeah. gotta, I've, I've done them <laughs> live without, you know, just memorizing. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it has, uh, there's one line in there called, where it says, uh, um, he's not doomed to drift, but he's saying, he's, you know, or else be kept from drifting. Yeah. Lines like that. Yeah. Which sort of sums it up, like. Sure. You no, know, condemned to drift or else be kept from drifting. Yeah. So it's like either, you know, those are, uh, I guess, those dualities. But it, of, of, yeah. but I mean, I guess so. Every line, every verse, that my favorite, my favorite is when people do it in a very simple way. Yeah. Like there are all kinds of people who know just the biggest words in the dictionary, and they can oh, pontificate no, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the. Nah. But when when somebody can really just break it down and do it in like the either the least amount oh, of words, that's or, that's better. Or to tell me something I already know in a way I never way, thought about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and Dylan's one of those guys that he mixes. You know, nice. He sings to King James's. I mean, he does, you know, yeah, like to. Use a nice language, yeah. But then it throws in slang, or you know, oh yeah, you mix it up. So yeah, I, I like it very much. Of all the, you know, places you've played, what are your some? What are some of the favorite your favorite places that you've played? Mm-hmm. 
It was a nice place the other night. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you know, just, but other. But I know, like, you, I mean, if it, you, I haven't had that in a while. But yeah, like you had a home sort of bar where you hung out all the time. That was yeah. I was younger then. Yeah. So those those were favorite in DC. Yeah. You know, some of those places, which is our like you know neighborhood, some almost yeah. like a neighborhood music bar. Sure. Like, you know where you feel you know everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Cheers. <laughs> I mean, you, you but, but you wouldn't rather have that than playing like a festival. No, no, or a festival. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah. of course. No, no. But, I was going to yeah, say, but, like, you've really played some yeah, 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 yeah. all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Then I was in Russia and I played yeah. big, yeah. big, uh, 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 of course, I like to be up on a, you know, bigger, you know, to, yeah. in front of an audience, but then yeah. that w I wouldn't, I don't have a favorite arena that i, I got you know what i'm saying like <laughs> right yeah, yeah but uh but it's it's so neat that outdoors festival like the one this summer or whatever this fall this fall at the what was it out there by the edistoro oh the blackwater yeah, boogie it's nice yeah. yeah that kind of yeah but just i mean the places you've played you've played from from street corners to to bars to festivals to and it's all about reaching people. Sometimes, you know, those house concerts yeah. are nice. Yeah. Also, just, I guess it depends on the I think know, the one audience. of the first times I saw you play was at like a little listening room that in there in Somerville. Right, right. Yeah, one of the things Fleming was putting on. What are you working on currently? You said you were working on an album right now? Yeah, we're, I'm recording with uh, Kevin McKendra down in his rock, okay. his, his rock house. Yeah. That's now got some, they got, they won some, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Grammys. Oh, wow. For the studio and his recordings. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So he got awesome. some, uh, so I'm going back. I got two songs that we already recorded. Uh huh. That uh, I suppose I could send them to you and you could, you know, see if you want to play them sometime. Yeah. On yeah. a, uh, uh, New brand new songs that awesome man! I can't wait. To uh, so I'm going out there in in March again to uh -huh. to record some some new more new material that uh, that I've been that I work been working on. Awesome yeah. man! I'm looking forward to hearing that. Uh, got a couple songs you want to play for us today? Yeah, I could play play uh, a couple of songs. Awesome! Yes. All right, let's hear it. All right, all right. So this song here is called. Uh, Desert Rose. You cut me loose, honey, babe, and my heart is bleeding. I'm on my way on a wide open road. I got more space now than I ever needed. But there's a good thing coming, my friend has told I follow that star way over yonder Moon is a-climbing over my head Only heaven knows what tomorrow is serving Why I ever lived Sweet roses bed 
road I travel is a dark, misty highway. I sure don't know where it turns, where it goes. Dream about my sweetheart up in the skyway. I hear her calling my sweet as a rose on a Motel Six in Clinton, Oklahoma. I'm out in the wind with a smoke and a beer. Trucks are roaring down on Interstate 40. Soon in the morning I'll be out of here. Road I travel is a dark, misty highway. I sure don't know where it turns, where it goes. Dream about my sweetheart up in the skyway. I hear her calling my sweet desert road. Awesome, man. That one's great. So this one is an old tune I wrote when my son was little. Uh, he's 18 now, but it's called Me and My Son. The song is about us going to, to the Potomac River there in Washington. Beautiful, beautiful area to go to. It's a national park on the Maryland side. little son to the river where we go man my little son to the river where we go we say hello water sit down and watch it flow All the fish down there Many a little frog 
all the fish down there Many little frogs Where sometimes when we're lucky The city turned us on great thank you so much robert thank you for having me here the pleasure has been all mine thank you (laughs) oh man that was a good one wasn't it i really enjoyed my conversation with robert he's a really interesting guy to get to know uh we actually talked a little bit more off mic and we're talking about doing a little music in the future together um One thing that I've really enjoyed about this podcast is it's given me the opportunity to meet a lot of people that normally I wouldn't meet being a sort of introverted singer-songwriter and uh, made a lot of connections and introduced a lot of musicians to each other as well. So continuing to just do the podcast end of this, I hope to talk to a lot more musicians in the future and bring them to your attention. For the time being, songsoftheunsung.com. Follow the podcast, like, share. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And get a hold of me if you'd like to come in and talk to me. Not tossing out the idea of getting back to the showcases in the future. I just got to figure out how to be able to manage it as one person. But thank you so much. I'll talk to you next time.